Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you'd like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Well, it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon on the river, friend, and I am sitting here with my main man, Dennis McDonald, and that can only mean one thing. It's Tuesdays with Tata. How you doing, Tata? I am well. How are you? I'm really well, man. It's gorgeous out there, isn't it? It is beautiful. Fall is in the air. We're looking at a maple tree right outside the window. That the colors are just blazing. It's so red. It happens so fast too. And across the river, the the yellow is, and gold is is just astonishing. It's astonishing. This morning we sat around sunrise with Lisa and watched. I mean, without hyperbole, probably a hundred thousand swallows uh, fly yes, down the river. Yeah, I think so. It was black as night for ten minutes as they went by, diving into the water and getting a drink on the way by. It was amazing. Geese are rolling in. Yes, and the geese were airborne just before the swallows came. Pretty, pretty amazing. <coughs> well, Tata, we had a great trip back to Auburn to our old stomping ground last we weekend. We did. We did. It was a, a trip down memory lane. Was. We had a beautiful wedding of our youngest daughter, Kaylin, and her husband, Noah, and it was a great opportunity to have all the kids and grandkids, and my parents and you and Jessica and Ronnie, our whole family in one place at one time. Yeah, was that was amazing. Quite a blessing. Yeah, huh? It was. Yeah. It was stunning. It was stunning. And then we took the kids, uh, most of our kids and, and three of our grandkids, we went over on Sunday to Atlanta to the Georgia Aquarium. That was something. Oh, it was. And our tour guide was uh, Riker. Yeah, the two-year-old, almost two-year-old. <laughs> he saw a lot of fish. Every Everything that swam by, he yelled, fish, at the top of his lungs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when the, when the otters went by, he said, dude, that's the name of his dog. Yeah, the otter looked like his dog, dude. That's right, I forgot that. We had a great time. What a, what a blessing it is to spend time with family. And, and Tata, today, I asked you a few weeks ago if you could shed some light on a scripture for us about... This uh, arcane passage, it's not really arcane, but it seems to be uh, Jeremiah 12, 9, um, where there's this reference to the great speckled bird. Tata, talk to us about that for a little well, bit. Well, this is the, the last in the series that we talked about before. My <laughs> three oddballs that I threw at you. <laughs> One was the high places, and the other was sour grapes, and now yeah. this is the speckled bird. But Yeah, I threw you uh, three knuckleballs <laughs> like that kick from Tennessee yesterday that yeah. beat Alabama. Yeah, uh, well... And don't, I don't mean to hurt your fi- your feelings, Alabama fans, but we were happy. <laughs> well, we are Auburn fans, so yeah. anyway, yeah, <laughs> we won't go down that that rabbit hole no, on the podcast. No, no, <laughs> we not, not really. 
that, that's a long trip. It is a long uh, trip. Mm. But um, th- this passage is, and, and I, I had to do some searching. Uh, translate, different translations have different uh, uh, versions of, of, of what this is. Uh, and, but, and, and I don't know that I have ever seen a speckled bird. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and, and I, I'm remiss because I've, I just overlooked this entirely. It, it never registered with me because and I had to go back to the King James Version to find this, mm-hmm. the reference to a speckled bird. Next, a lot of the translations <clears throat> use the word hyena. Yes, or vulture. Or vulture, yeah. So the, the Hebrew is not clear, but I did, I did a fair amount of research too, and it, it seems to just reference that God is talking about an unusual That's right. animal of some sort yeah. that had a, a, a very unique appearance that everyone would recognize. But different. Yeah. Very different. And, 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 and hopefully you've had enough time to, to find this, Jeremiah 12, 9. And uh, the Lord is talking here. God is talking here. It said, mine inheritance is unto me as a speckled bird. The birds round, round about are against her. Come ye assemble all the beasts of the field come to devour. Yeah. And in, in, all, in all likelihood that God is talking about what's about to happen to the children of Israel. Yeah. And it started with, uh, Ju- with Ju- Judea, uh, because they were the worst and the most sinful. They were worshiping Baal. And the, so there were a lot of things. And, and the, the book of Jeremiah, uh, I would encourage you to, to spend some time in that, because, but understand that there is some symbolism in there that, that, that you really have to think about. And, and, and I think that this book, this chapter, requires not just reading, but pondering as well. It does. You have to think about it. That's right. So th- this is a reference to the, the speckled bird. And so the first thought that came to me was, it's different. Something set apart. Something that no one had seen before. And what was about to happen, no one had seen before. The Sir- Assyrians were going to come. The Babylonians were, were coming. Uh, and God sent them. But also God defeated them. That's right. But so this, but this, this is a, a unique, a unique reference right here to a speckled bird, um, and to me it, it, it's significant because it, it, it speaks to something that is easily identified or seen, but it's different, and not easily identified. Maybe that's poor choice of words, but it, it's easily. <coughs> It's different. You, you notice it right away. It's mm-hmm. just something you've not seen before. When it's real. When yeah, it's him. That's right. Yeah. It just happens. That's right. And, but what happened to this verse or what came from this verse was a song that was uh, written. In, uh, and I think that, well, uh, I would suggest if you want to know more about this, go to Wikipedia. But uh, this is what I found off of Google that it was written in 1930 by uh, Guy Smith. Yep. And, and it has eight verses, but there, there's, there's, there's wisdom and meaning in all of these verses, but I just wanted to share some of the verses with you. But, and it was originally sang by uh, Roy Acuff at the Grand Ole Opry. That's right. And I think 1936. Yeah. So we'll play that on the show. Oh, 
banking Concerning a great speckled bird Remember her name is recorded Desiring to lower her standard They watch every move that she made They long to find fault with her teaching But really they find no mistake Is on her book For I want to be one Never fearing The face of my Savior's true love When he cometh Descending from heaven On the cloud As he writes in his word I'll be joyfully carried to meet him On the wings of that great speckled bird Well, think about some time uh, What was going on in, in our nation and in our world, there was controversy. There was coming out of revival. Some things had changed spiritually. People were looking for more fundamental aspects of God's of, of, of religion. Yeah, and maybe that was what was happening. I don't know. But anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to labor through all eight verses of this song. But one of the things. Well, first, the first verse. What a beautiful thought. I am thinking. Concerning a great speckled bird. Remember, her name is recorded on the page, pages of God's holy word. Yep. So the, he makes reference, immediately he makes reference to Jeremiah 9, uh, 12, 9. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm, I'm a little, I don't, I don't, we don't know what's going on, but. Uh, the allergies are yeah. terrible. Right well, now. we've, there's Sudan, they've planted Sudan grass and uh, now it's been baled, and so I don't know. There's a lot of dust in the air, no doubt. But what a beautiful thought I am thinking concerning a great speckled bird. Remember, her name is recorded on the pages of God's holy word. Yeah. All the other birds are flocking around her, and she is despised by the squad. But the holy speckled, but the great speckled bird in the Bible is one. Is one with the great church of God. Yeah. So think about that. Uh, so here, and you think about the church today, the church is, is like a speckled bird because it's different. And, and we're, we're taught that we have to be different. 
Yeah, we, we were set apart. Mm-hmm. And then uh, down in uh, verse, I go go down now to verse five. Uh, she is spreading her wings for a journey. She's going to leave by and by. When the trumpet shall sound in the morning, she'll rise and go up in the sky. Yeah, that's amazing thought. That's amazing thought. And and we were talking. You were talking about. Uh, and answering some questions of, of, of a young person about the book of Revelations and the, t- the time of tribulation. The ones that are in the church, or in God's book, Jesus Christ, the book of the Lamb, will go first. That's right. They we don't go through the tribulation. The t- t- tribulation. That's right. We don't have to worry about that. <clears throat> I am glad, and I'm sorry, my phone just went off. I am glad I've learned of her meekness I am proud that my name is on her book, for I want to be the one fearing the face of my Savior. I want to be one never fearing the face of my Savior to look. That's right. Um, and, I, and I recall we, 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 we were watching a, a broadcast from the Church of the Highlands in uh, Auburn, Alabama, and Chris Hodges was talking about the books. Mm-hmm. In Revelations, it, it mentions the books. The books will be opened. But there's also a, a book, the book of the Lamb. Yep. And his comment was, I want my name in the book of the Lamb. The book of the Lamb. I want my That's name right. in the book. That's right. Because you either get to be in Jesus' book where he says to God, I paid for this one. That's right. Or you it. get to be in the book that's a, a chronicle of your deeds and God gets to tell you whether you're good enough or that's not. That's right. And guess what? You're not. <laughs> But, but but our Lord, He has picked us, yeah. And Him we are set apart. And that was verse seven. And verse eight, when He cometh descending from heaven on the cloud, He writes in His word, "I'll jointly be carried to meet Him on the wings of a great speckled bird." The church gets us home. That's, that's right. the idea. That's right. The church and so gets us home. that that's a beautiful thought if you think about it. And, and, and all of this is taken from Jeremiah ch- uh, chapter 12, verse 9, uh, and, and where the Lord is talking about his heritage, and he refers to it as a speckled bird, a bird that is, that is set apart and is different than all of the other birds in the flock. Yep. Or all of the other birds in the air. Yep. So I'll that, tell you, one, thing, one reason I asked you to talk about this, you know, I've been spending a fair amount of time in Jeremiah since we both started reading Eugene Peterson last year. We read um, his book about Run With the Horses, which is his basically work through Jeremiah. And in that that book, he mentions Jeremiah chapter 6. And in chapter 6 is when we first hear this notion that the problem was the people were in exile and there were all these false teachers. They 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 were basically preachers who were preaching a gospel, as it were, that the people wanted to hear, but it wasn't true. That's Jeremiah right. and the other prophets of the, of the Old Testament were always in trouble because they told people the truth. That's right. What God's, the, God's message is not always palpable or palatable for everyone because it's hard sometimes to face up when you're not doing right. That's right. And so in Jeremiah six fourteen, Jeremiah says these people, these false teachers, these pastors, he called them, offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound they give assurances of peace when there is no peace. Okay. And so the, the song references this idea that the culture around us, the other birds, if you will, 
they want to to tell you that God's word isn't really what it seems to be and, and you don't really have to do that. God wouldn't send you to hell for that or, or you know, that sort of thing. And there's a verse, that, this, again, written in the 1900s, desiring to lower her standard, they watch every move that she makes. They long to find fault with her teachings, but really they find no mistake. That's right. So that's the problem. If you look at Twitter, for example, I follow lots of Christian content on Twitter, and there's a whole group of people on Twitter that all they do is gripe and complain and and fuss about how churches are behaving. Mm -hmm. That's all they do. This pastor did this, and that pastor did that, and this group teaches the wrong stuff, and that group's wrong. And, And if you think back to our younger days, really, there was a a large segment of denominationalism that that's really all they do is fight amongst themselves right. about you're not doing this right and you're doing that wrong and we have the true teaching. But the church, the real church, is constantly being attacked by by everybody else. And that mm-hmm. and that's what this this speckled bird's about, that that God says the world is always going to attack what's true and what's real. Right. And you need to be in touch and in tune with what's true and what's real. That's right. And the only way you can know that is to be in the Word. To be in the Word. That's right. I found a little passage. Um, This guy says, The great speckled bird represents the true church of God and the Bible. The other birds represent false churches and false religions. The plain truth of Jesus Christ is despised by much of the world, including some Christian churches and progressive Christian churches and other religions the world, science, and anthropologists long to find fault with her teachings. And if we're honest with ourselves, everything around us tries to do just that. He goes on to say, the song says, really they find no mistake, and they don't. All these false teachings, all these politicians, all these celebrities that want to tell you that Mm -hmm. you don't need to line up with God, they just fall away at the end, and we ride home on the wings of the great speckled bird. <laughs> That's right. Well, well, think about it. Uh, when Jesus came, where, where, where did he have the most trouble? With the religious leaders. That's right. Because he came teaching something that was different than what was being done. That's right. Because what was being done at that time was ritualistic. That's right. See, spot, run. If you could see lightning and hear thunder, you could follow that that prescribed law. That's right. And, and I can't. I'm not arguing against that because that's what God commanded them to do. That's right. But and and so where they were all where where many where people get hung up is, well, did they ask a question? Mm-hmm. Did this really come from God? Mm-hmm. And my answer to them is, what do you think? Yep. Hmm. Remember when we did All in August, Dad, there was a passage in Mark Batterson's book where he said, who's following who? Like, do we, do we want to go all in with Christ and follow Him wherever He might lead us, or do we want to sort of do our own thing and ask Him to come along? That's right. right? That's right. And there's this, there's this passage in Isaiah chapter 4 where it says, And in that day seven women will take hold of one man and say, We will eat our own bread and wear our own apparel but let us be called by your name. That's right. So they, they wanted the cover of a husband and his name. That's right. But they wanted to live their own life. That's right. And do their own thing and not be, respon- not, not be in his responsibility, just carry his name. That's right. And that's what I think what Jeremiah is getting at here 
with the speckled bird is the idea that Jeremiah goes on to say there's all these false teachers and all these false prophets and they're saying don't worry about that and giving you a message that's super easy to follow but it's not real that's and right. we have to line up with what is real and he says that the um, little passage that I wanted to get to was when he's when Jeremiah says that about the speckled bird the very next verse in chapter in verse 10 so he says in 9, My heritage is unto me as a speckled bird. The birds round her are against her. And then he says, Come assemble all the beasts of the field. Come to devour. In verse 10, he uses the word pastor. Many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. Right. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. And so the, the point is here, our responsibility is to know what God's Word says. That's right. And if a pastor is giving us a, a message that doesn't line up with God's Word, we need to line up with God's Word and not with what the pastor Absolutely. says. And, and the only way we can do that is spend time in the Word. Is to know word. the Word. That's my point. So folks, <coughs> don't ever let another person try to carry you to heaven on their back. You've got to know what the Word says. That's right. That's right. And that's how because, we avoid being misled. Because we're all going to be judged. That's right. And each one of us are going to. That's, what, that's, that's right. what we learned when we looked at the sour, sour grapes. grapes. That's right. Every person is going to be judged on how right. they responded to God's right. word. There are no, somebody said there are no second generation Christians. No. Like you've got to do it yourself. That's right. And not yourself. I mean, the Holy Spirit and all that, the word is available to all of us. But you can't let somebody else tell you what the word says. You've got to know it. That's absolutely. And, and, and not be fearful of standing up and defending it. That's right. Another reason I ask you to look at this is I think it gives us encouragement because often we get into looking at how our society's behaving and we say, man, everything is so awful right now. The church is in trouble, the politics are bad, the, you know, the economy's bad, and we start getting this, the enemy starts making us believe that nobody's ever had it as bad as we've had it. Right. And it's never been as worse of a time as it is right now. But, but knowing the Word helps us to see it's always been this way. Right. It's always Absolutely. been this way. And, and, and as someone said a long time ago, don't sit on a bench of do little whittling on the stick of do nothing. <laughs> so you have, to, that. you have to do something. And you have to be positive, positive, you have to be proactive. It's easy because how long can the game of ain't it awful go on? Forever. That's right. There's no end to it. That's right. And so all we have to do, if you really want to see it, go read what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes. It's all vain worship. It's that's all right. vain. That's right. Chasing the wind. Yeah, that's right. And you can't catch the that's wind. That's right. The wind, the wind seems to be blowing here a lot lately. But, yeah. And we don't know where it comes from or where it goes. That's right. But it's there. But we know it's here because we see the leaves flying in the air. That's right. So don't get embroiled in joining that group or that choir that sings how bad it is. That's right. Think about how good it is. That's right. Well, and just knowing that everybody in every period of time has had a culture that comes against God's Word. Absolutely. We shouldn't be discouraged that our culture is doing that too. And knowing that there's always been um, teachers and preachers and motivational speakers and, and doom naysayers and all that who want to make people um, follow their own path. That's right. The progressive Christianity really is just a a new age version of platonic theology or philosophy. It's just somebody saying, hey, it's not really what God said, it's what this is. And all is. it amounts to is do whatever feels good. 
Do what feels right to you. That's right. And that's the reason I, in fact, I feel like it's an, a spiritual attack almost. Uh, I've had two times scheduled now to have a podcast interview with Lisa Childers to talk about her book, um, Live Your Truth and Other Lies. This idea that there's more than one truth out there. And we're going to get that interview on the podcast, I guarantee you, because the Lord is calling us to have this conversation. And everything we come around to talk about right now points to the fact that our culture is trying to teach us that nothing is real and nothing is true except what you feel. And the Word of God is teaching us that there is a truth and there is a way and there is a life. And you can't be happy, my friend, unless you are... Unless your feet are planted firmly on something that's always true. That's right. And Jesus Christ boldly stated, I am the way. That's right. The way. Not a way. Not one of many ways, but the way. In my book, I've seen the interview that the subtitle was Faith, Doubt, and the Things We Think We Know. And the reason I put that subtitle in there is I think the hardest times we have in our lives is when we have something that we believe to be true, and then we find out it's not true. That's right. It, when we think we're standing on something that's solid and it turns out not to be solid and then we're in a free fall. And if you find the place where the thing that you're standing on never shifts or changes, that's when you can start to build a pretty solid life. Well, then that's right. And, and if you find yourself in that place, if you found if you find yourself in that free fall, mm-hmm. stop and say, show me, help me. Help me. That's right. Lead me. That's right. We can't do it on our own. God Himself said, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's right. Well, I did this, Tata, I brought these three seemingly random topics to you, high places, sour grapes, and and, uh, speckled birds. I brought them to you to make a point that anytime you grab something in the Word of God and start pulling on it, you start pulling little threads out of the Word of God, what do you end up finding? You find something true. That's right. And you find something relevant for your life. And you find something that matters to you right. now. That's right. And God said His Word wouldn't return to Him void. That's Jesus right. said that in Himself. That's right. It never goes out without accomplishing what He intended for That's it to right. do. And, and it causes us to think because He knows us. That's right. He's not going to spoon feed us. That's right. We have, to, we have to be a part of what He's doing. That's right. And we have to be willing to accept that. That's right. So, friend, we, we brought you, we, we bring you this conversation every week. First of all, because Tata is just so wise. And no. <laughs> it's so great to talk to him. But, but we bring you this stuff because the, 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 we want you to understand that massive things are coming in your life if you've not already been through them. We're going to get on the prayer wall in a second and share one prayer with you that is a massive thing for this family. But massive things are coming. And if you have a massive thing, when you have a massive thing happen in your life, you need to have some some prehab and some some ammunition loaded up in your gun to, to know how you're going to respond to that and to handle it from a place of knowing what's true. Because it's going to start feeling like everything you thought wasn't really true when you lose a child or your spouse gets cancer or the economy bottoms out. Something's going to start feeling untrue to you. And you need to have one of the characters in my new book, um, Hope is the First Dose, is a patient that I changed his name, of course, but we call him Lucky Chuck Hobson in the book. And he's this crazy Wyoming cattleman and he gets a brain tumor. And he says something that his wife, who also died of cancer, B, told him when she first got sick, she said, you need to decide what you believe about God right now right. before it gets hard, before yeah. I get really sick, before you lose me or, or whatever happens. Decide who God is to you now mm-hmm. because you're going to need Him then. 
And that's incredible wisdom because that's what happens when we go through hard times, friend, is you start, the, the ground starts shifting under your feet and you need to know that there are some things that are actually true. Yeah. And that's why we've been harping on this idea of, of there, there's not more than one truth. We've been harping on it for a few weeks now. And this story about the speckled bird helps us to see that there is a place you can go on earth to find real truth, and it's the church. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and, and it's God's Word. <laughs> that's right. It's God's Word, and it, and it matters. And, and we're just saying all these things because there's some massive things coming. And I'm going to give you one, Tata, one thing from the prayer wall really stuck with me this week, and I'd love for you to pray about it. And um, there's a man named Justin who wrote in, and he said, Please pray for my cousin Wyatt, who is nine years old, to be healed. He has lung cancer, mm. and the doctors are giving him three months to live. Oh, my goodness. This little boy named Wyatt. And I can't think of a, a more earth-shattering, massive thing than to find out that your nine-year-old has terminal mm. cancer. Mm. And so, Tata, if you'd pray for him and for our friend Arthur Moy, who's having back surgery again this week, and, and, uh, and just for all of us to, to be able to find that truth and hold on to it, to deal with the hard times that are coming in life. And if you'd pray for us, it'd be great. Well, if, if, if one thing that I would add is that the truth of God's Word is all that we have to do to hold on to. That's right. There is nothing else that is that that would that would change that that everything else changes. Uh, you watch you 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 can watch anything you want to any any media that you want to any social media any, and and everything is different every day. And the next day it's a different story. So look for that. And and so be kind to yourself in this process and hold on to God's hand because he's if and we've said this before, but if you ever feel far from God, guess who moved? Yeah, he didn't move. He didn't. He's still there. He, he's, he's there. And he's, he's waiting for you. He's, Amen. Amen. Jesus said, I'm standing at the door and knocking. I just want you to open the door. That's right. Well, let us pray. Oh, Father, we, 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 we thank you for this day that you have made, and we rejoice in it, and we count it a blessing that, that you have been mindful of us. Thank you for all of the blessings that we receive from you. And Father, we, we, we're, we're just so thankful to you. For, for, we're thankful for Jesus. And Father, we want you to know we love you. And Jesus, we want you to know we love you. And Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you. And Holy Spirit, we do not want to grieve you because we want, we want, to, be, we want to be in your mention when you talk to God. Thank you, Father, for being mindful of us. But Father, our hearts are heavy as we think about some of the struggles that people are involved in. On, that, that come, that they, they're coming in on the prayer wall, and Father, there are many people. And so we ask you to be mindful of them and that you would bless them. And we, we especially are mindful of a, a nine-year-old who's been di- diagnosed with a terminal illness. Well, we pray that you would heal him and you would restore his health. But Father, we ask you to bless his family, bless his parents, give them wisdom, discernment, peace, and protection, Father, for, as they face this, this struggle. And Arthur Moore is having surgery again. Father, we pray, ask you to bless him and bring healing and recovery and a speedy recovery to him. But Father, we are so thankful to you for being caring about us. And so, Father, we, ask, we hold all of these up to you and we ask for your healing, we ask for peace, we ask for protection, and we ask for mercy and grace. But Father, most of all, we give you thanks for Jesus. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, to die for us. And through Jesus' death, 
on the cross, we were redeemed. You brought us back. You saved us from sin when we had no hope. And now we have assurance of a home with you, and, and through the blood of Jesus, we have forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Father. Mm. Father, please be with us and guide us as we, as we journey through the, the days to come. And Father, we pray that you would bless us, and we pray that you would bless our nation, that you would bless our leaders, that you would give them wisdom and discernment as well, Father. Help them make wise decisions, for they serve at your behest. Thank you so much, Father. And we ask it all in the sweet and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, your Son, our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tata. <coughs> well, I'm going to play two songs as we go out today. Friend, we, hope, we pray you have an amazing weekend and that God blesses you richly and that whatever massive things you're dealing with, that God will give you some hope and peace in this week and some success and some movement towards a resolution of that situation and healing and comfort. Um, we're going to play two songs. Roy Acuff's version of The Great Speckled Bird from the Grand Old Opry back in the 1930s, and it's amazing. <laughs> and then we're going to go out with Tommy Walker, our dear friend Tommy Walker's song, Your Word Will Be the Last Word. That's right. And so we just want you to, to step on that bedrock truth, and you don't have to go searching the Scripture for these strange stories about speckled birds and sour <laughs> grapes and all that. But whenever you do, you spend some time in the Word, you'll find that it points you back to something really true and really powerful. And Tata, people are going to decide to stand on that truth and get after finding that the Word of God is the place where they can land on that comfort and peace and security for their life. When should they start? They start today. They start today. Your word will be the last word Your promises will stand Evermore, man's thoughts and all his plans will come to an end. But your word will be the last word. Your word says, I'm forgiven. Covenant says you will always be with me. And though some may scar and ride me off, your word will be the last word. my guiding light your promises guide me in the deepest darkest night though troubles come and go in my heart I'll always know your Puts his hope in only things he can see with his eyes. And claiming to be wise, they became as fools instead. 
Lord, I'm banking all my faith in the truths of what you say. Word will be the last word. Your promises will stand forever and ever and ever. come to an end but your word will be the last word your Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.